Good morning. I'm glad you joined our study today by connecting with us through the Northfield Boulevard Church of Christ website, godsredeemed.org. We appreciate your interest in spiritual things. We appreciate your interest in the study of God's Word. Life is filled with choices, and our choices have consequences. Decisions obviously impact lives, not only our own life, but also the lives of others. The circumstances which present themselves from time to time can become challenges and hardships that test us. Temptations and trials are common experiences for all men. Therefore, faith fulfills a vital role in a person's life every day, particularly at times when greater determination and greater endurance are required. The unfolding of events in our nation, in our world for that matter, did not take God by surprise. God is omniscient. God knows the end from the beginning. There is nothing new under the sun to God. Now, pandemics and wars are not new things. They've happened before, and they will happen again if time continues. But the first time it happens in our lives, our personal lives, it is new to us. It is in those times that we are called to exercise and to apply faith to a greater degree. That is a steadfast, immovable, always abounding kind of faith. And that kind of faith Jesus described in a parable. A parable about a very persistent widow. If you'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And we will note that at the end of this parable, Jesus presents a sobering question when he says, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So let us begin our reading in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying, in a certain city there was a judge, a judge who did not fear God and did not res respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, but continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God Will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? 
Disciples of Christ are to pray. And we are to pray at all times, and we pray at all times without losing heart. Persistent prayer is necessary. And it's necessary because a child of God ought to be in constant communion with his Heavenly Father. And so we should be relentless in this endeavor. The Apostle Paul said it this, this way in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Not to pray or to quit praying is disastrous. It's disastrous to the soul of man. So, when answers do not materialize as we desire, or when answers do not materialize when we desire, we are being taught here in this parable not to grow weary, not to be discouraged, not to fall into despair. The Holy Spirit said it this way, through James, James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, unlike the judge in the parable, God is perfect. He is the perfect Father, the Father who hears and justly avenges His children. He is a Father who truly gives what is good. Jesus said it this way back in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more, Will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask Him? And so, God does not ignore His saints' continual prayers. He is always just. He vindicates on their behalf, but also He vindicates against His enemies. God's judgments are always righteous, judging each man according to his deeds. But God is also long-suffering. God is also patient with all men. So, any appearance of delay, any appearance of delay from God is still in accord with Him acting and doing what is best, what is right for His elect on His timetable, not ours. So, in the future, what will we do? What will we do when these, with these assurances from God in our times of trial, in our times of hardship, in our times of testing? What will we do with the words of Jesus? Will Jesus find faith among his disciples? Will we keep on praying in those difficult times without doubting? Will we keep the faith? In this 
text in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. In Greek, it literally says this. When the Son of Man comes, will he find the faith on the earth? That little article, the, is in the text. Now, some versions don't read it that way, but literally it says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find the faith on the earth? Now, we understand that the body of truth revealed by God is the absolute truth. It is the unchanging word of God. It is the imperishable, incorruptible, living word of God. God will preserve his message. It's not going to change. And it will be here till the end of time. But we are called to walk by faith. To walk by a faith that's directed by the one faith. So perhaps we can ask the question this way. Will the faith be found living in the conduct and the actions of men and women on earth? All who profess to believe in God, all who profess to believe in Jesus Christ, are not all pleasing they are not all acceptable before God. For example, in James 2.19, we are told, Demons believe, demons shudder, but they don't serve God. They don't obey God. They're not accepted of God. In the same chapter of James chapter 2, verse 26, we are told, we are taught, Faith without works is dead. And by such a faith, a faith without works, a dead faith. By such a faith, a believer is not justified before God. Jesus asked this question one time in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, when he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and do not do what I say? And he's talking to an audience that in that number, many of them would have claimed to be believers, followers of Christ. And he's challenging them. If you call me Lord, then do what I say. In Matthew 7, we read about how many people will do many so-called good works in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the name of God, but they will not enter heaven. And they will not enter heaven because they transgress God's law by not upholding His will, what He has said. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. These are sobering words. Sobering words that are, that are coming from the very lips of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior and Lord. And none of us, none of us are above falling into the same kind of spiritual trap. 
thinking we're serving God when we're not doing His will. Jesus is looking for a persevering faith. The kind of faith that is exemplified in the parable about that persistent widow, very persistent widow, who would not give up. He's looking for that kind of persistent faith, persevering faith, which upholds the truth at all times, in spite of the injustices, in spite of the hardship, in spite of the test that we may have to bear in this life. Perseverance for the faith must be applied in observing all that Jesus has commanded us. Is Jesus just looking for a persistent keeping of the faith in your prayer life? Is that the only place that we need to be persistent? Is that the only area of life that we need to persevere in keeping the faith? Yes, we are to be persistent in our prayer life. We are told not to grow weary praying to God, even at times when the desirable answers do not come in our time frame. But the steadfast upholding of the faith must be done in everything at all times. In whatever we do, in whatever we say, whenever. Let's look at a couple examples of this. A couple of applications. How are we to react to mistreatment? How are we to react to mistreatment at the hands of worldly people? Jesus has something to say about that. Over in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 39 through 42, Jesus says, But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the, the other to him. If anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt and let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Jesus here is teaching what our responses are to be, and they are radically different from how the world reacts. They're radically different from how the world conducts itself and what the world thinks about things that happen. How long do we have to do this? How long do we have to respond in a way that's so different from the world in which we live in? The idea of turning the other cheek, giving your shirt and coat to the other person, going the extra mile, all that Jesus says here that we are to be doing when we are mistreated by worldly people. How long do we have to do that? As long as it takes. Paul said it this way when he said we are to overcome evil being done to us by doing good to the evildoers. Romans chapter 12. You turn over there and you read those words of the apostle when he says, beginning in verse 17, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will pay, says the Lord. 
But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's look at another application of the principle of persevering in keeping the faith. Consider the exhortation of Jude. Over in Jude you know, chapter 3, when Jude writes, Contend earnestly for the faith. Contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. Now God's inspired instruction here through Jude is on the backdrop of false teachers creeping in among the saints and then leading saints away, leading Christians astray in disobedience. A spiritual combat was in progress then. There's a battle going on. And what we need to understand is that battle, that combat, is still in progress. We're still in the same war. The devil's schemes are vast. They are always cunning and deceitful, even using the guise of light and using the guise of good intentions to lead us astray. And so Jude says to us, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. That's part of keeping the faith. That's part of being the people that God, needs, that God needs us to be. And when the Lord comes, that's what He sees. He sees the faith in us. He sees us contending earnestly for that faith. Perseverance in holding to sound doctrine is vital. It's vital for our own salvation, but also it's vital in being a light to the world. The Apostle Paul in urging and exhorting Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, reminded him the importance of preaching the word all the time. And particularly at a time when it was, would become more challenging because brethren would turn from the truth to follow their own desires. In verse 3, the Spirit says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And wanting to have ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Contend earnestly for the faith, Jude says. Preach the word, Timothy, says Paul. Because times will come when people will turn away from the truth for their own desires. The governance of Christ's authority must be steadfastly upheld at all times. When it's in season and when it's out of season. So back to our question. Will the Son of Man find faithful ones keeping the faith on earth? Will he find 
disciples still preaching the one true gospel? Will he find disciples still firmly holding to apostolic traditions? The Lord's churches must always persevere. They must overcome whatever shortcomings, whatever hurdles, whatever opposition that may befall them. And that's brought out clearly in the book of Revelation as you read about the churches of Asia Minor in chapter 2 and chapter 3. For example, in chapter 2 and verse 4 verse 5, the Ephesians had to set their minds to renewing the deeds of their first love. They had drifted. They had drifted. And they are urged to overcome by renewing their minds and setting their minds in doing the deeds of their first love. The Smyrna brethren in the same chapter were told to prove themselves faithful and to do so in the face of suffering and death that was to come. The church in Pergamum in chapter 2 as well needed, needed to persist in purging stumbling blocks of error. The Lord's churches in every generation are called to persevere, to keep the faith, to uphold the faith, no matter what the shortcoming or the hurdle or the opposition may be. In chapter 3, verse 10, the Philadelphians were commended. They were commended for keeping the word of Christ's perseverance. And doing so when? At a time when the world was being tested. When the Son of Man comes, will he? Will he find the faith on earth? When the world is in chaos, when the world is engulfed in darkness, saints and members of God's household must diligently and fixedly stay on course. On course which has been set before us by Jesus himself, the author and perfecter of faith. Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and the advocate of his people. And he is ready to come to your aid at any moment, day or night. And your soul's need, your soul's well-being is more important than any other concern that we may have in this life. We stand ready to assist you in that. To assist you in calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. If you have not put on Christ by being baptized into Christ, we'll encourage you to commit your life to Jesus by confessing your faith that He is the Son of God, repenting of your sins, and being immersed in water, buried with Christ in baptism to wash away your sins. If you have done that, and you are a Christian, but you've strayed, you've strayed from His narrow path, turn back to Him. Confess your sins to your Father and repent of them and pray to Him. And if we can assist you in that, we encourage you to, to let us know how we can help you. Thank you for studying God's Word with me today. And I encourage you to listen to other sermons and other classes that you can find available on the church's website. As I bid you farewell, I give you this exhortation. Always go 
where God directs.